right here on SNR, man. Beautiful day at Pittsburgh Steelers training camp. Another fan, you know, open practice. Oh, yeah. Cutting down to, to the last little bit of days before this game actually gets here. But once again, you feel the energy. Once again, the music is blasting. And we have real football. How is my colleague, my partner in crime doing today, man? Motsi, what's better than this? I mean, we're here at Heinz Field. The fans are rolling in. The sun is out, but we're in the shade. The music is playing. We're cracking jokes with our fearless commander, Brian, back in the <laughs> studio before we go on air. What's better than this? Man, you can't beat this at all. And not just that, man. We had big news that pertained to the Steelers both on the field and off the field yes, today, did. man. I was very excited about to. that, man. Um, but first off, to start with the non-on-field news, we have a new broadcasting team for our game day broadcasting. Obviously, we know Tunch Ilkin has retired from his media responsibilities in the broadcast booth, and it opened up the door for somebody that he is very close to, very near and dear to his heart in terms of Craig Wolfley being promoted to the role of color commentary where he will be joining Billy Hillgrove, longtime play-by-play -play analyst for the Pittsburgh Steelers, along with a new role for former Steelers offensive lineman oh, yeah. and two-time Super Bowl, or excuse me, played in two Super Bowls with the team as well, Max Starks. He will be joining Missy Matthews on the sideline doing some of those reports during the game, along with hosting inside the locker room with Craig Wolfley Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Man, I'm super excited about that for both of those guys. When we first talk about Wolf, we know Wolf's been a part of this media broadcasting team for decades. Yes. Literally decades. Long time. But he has been the sideline reporter, essentially. Him and Missy Matthews have shared that role in theory. So for him, this is a significant upgrade where he is going to be able to go in there and fully share his football knowledge, man, and just his ability to paint pictures mm -hmm. from what he's seeing with his words, man, over the radio waves. So I know he's extremely excited about that, and I'm hyped. I'm happy for him as well, man. Yeah, me too, absolutely. You think about the history of that seat, mm -hmm. right? From, from Myron Cope, who's just about as iconic and about as ingrained with an organization as you can be in sports. I mean, the dude created the terrible towel. The for, terrible towel. For crying out loud. Um, from Myron Cope to Tunch Yilkin mm -hmm. to Craig Wolfley. All three of those guys are characters. All three of those guys have personality. All three of those guys feel like such a fabric of this organization, a fabric of this community. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to have Wolf rocking and rolling in there, and you know he won't be shy. He won't be leaning into it, Mozi. Uh, he'll be ready to go because, like you said, he, he's been around uh, the broadcasting of the team, the team game day broadcast for a long time. Uh, now he will be sitting up in the booth next to Billy. And, uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. And being able to work with Wolf on numerous occasions, both of us have. We can speak to that. You know, he's always jovial. He, or jovial, excuse <laughs> yes, me. He, he always is. has a great personality. And I always love his insight because he is a guy that played the game at a high level but then was able to transition into the booth and still show that he prepares, still shows that he takes this job very seriously and he's always eager to improve. And that's the thing that I just love about Wolf as a whole. And then when you talk about Max, though, man, Ooh. the big man. I'm excited for this. Moxie, <laughs> we're, getting, we're, getting some, we're getting some younger blood infused yes. into the conversation here. No, I, I, I love it. Max Stark's a guy who obviously we know about his history here in Pittsburgh. Two-time Super Bowl champion. He's man. been doing a lot of different broadcasting stuff as of late. So to have him back in the fold here, 
it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, Hillgrove, Wolfley, Matthews, Starks. Sounds like a Hall of Fame ballot or something hey, there. Hey, seriously, man. Sounds like a law firm right there, Arthur Motes. Well, it's it's going to be a lot like, of fun. I also like that Max, you brought up this when uh, he was – you know, notified that he had won the uh, or that he had got the spot. He says, "I am honored to be back on the Steelers sideline once again. I've traded in my helmet for a headset, <laughs> and I'm excited to join the Steelers radio network and keep the lineman tradition oh, alive on the broadcast." That's the kicker. I absolutely love that because I mean, when we talk about it, most of the time this job goes to quarterbacks, it goes to wide receivers, safeties. You know, the prom kings. You know, that that's typically how it operates. But to see the tradition of linemen here in Pittsburgh continuing to be in the booth, I absolutely love that, man. I think that that is something that is unique about that position here <laughs> and with those guys, man, and all of those guys that have been in there. When you talk about Tunch, when you talk about Wolf, we speak on Max. Dude, they're a blast. They're they fun are. to be around. It must be they're someone with those offensive linemen. Every once in a while, they got personality. I mean, you know, every I, once in a while. If only I could be so fortunate. I mean, I every could, I could stuck with a linebacker who's just got absolutely no personality. Man, in fact, we walk around angry all the time. Yeah, <laughs> Motsi, that is. You know what? I didn't think about that angle. That's. It's a, there's a little nepotism there for the offensive there, there lineman, is, I must they, say. You know, they're, 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 they're hanging on the to it, man. <laughs> they're, they're hanging on to it, man. So, you know, we got to embrace it. We're going to lean into that as well, man. I love it. But I absolutely when, when love it. when you have those type of guys, though, man, that are able to articulate, that are able to paint that picture for the casual listener yeah. and help them understand that we don't have to always dive crazy into the X's and O's. It's a sweet science to be able to paint this picture in a way that isn't boring to the football you know, enthusiast, but at the same time, isn't too complex for the casual viewer. And with all of those guys, they've been able to do a good job of that. And that's Correct. why they've had the longevity that they've had thus far in their media broadcasting careers. Correct. And I, I did want to mention too, Motsi, I know some people saw that release. Uh, we got a tweet from Carlos. We got a tweet from Matt. I got a DM from Hannah, I believe it was. You know, it goes down in the DM. That's Ma what they said, man. Making sure that we weren't going anywhere. No, that 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 press release that you saw with the programming schedule is for, for Steelers Radio Network stuff specific. It's for the DVE side of things, right, as long as within the locker room, um, you know, being being on SNR and on ESPN Pittsburgh. But don't worry. They, they did not uh, – they did not fire Motsi and I. We're still hanging around for now. See, I was slightly upset. I already had it queued up. I had my press release with the Magic Johnson meme. <laughs> you had your stand I ain't going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready. I thought that's what we was doing, man, when I saw the tenants. I was like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> I've had this queued up for I don't know how long, and I don't know when I was going to use it, but the moment is here now. I'm not going to be there. I ain't going to be there. <laughs> no, we are going to be there we'll the be whole there. step of the way, as we always are, right here. On Instead, we'll queue up, we'll queue up the, wolf of Wild, or the Wolf of Wall Street. We'll queue up that one. <laughs> I'm not leaving. We're, we're going with that one today, guys. All right? We're, we're, yeah, we're going to need a couple, a couple yeah. uh, some production value done on that to get yeah. some of those those, those certain uh, four-letter words out of there. I don't know what you're referring to. Yeah, clean, hey clean edited version. Hey, now, everything is clean in your mind. PG version. Everything is PG in your mind, <laughs> you know. We know we're not complaining on that. But that was the first big news that came out today. The second big news was uh, by way of Coach Tomlin, and we, you know, I know he spoke to the media today, and he gave us a bombshell. He told us who would be playing, <gasps> but more importantly, who would be starting Ooh. at quarterback. Tell me, tell uh -oh. me more, tell hey, now. me more. Is All right, it, ladies and gentlemen, is it Mason are you ready? or Dwayne? Are you ready for this, ladies and gentlemen? Ben Roethlisberger will be not starting on Thursday night, okay? 
Wanted to build that suspense just for a little bit. He will not be starting, but the person that will be starting at quarterback for your Pittsburgh Steelers come Thursday night is Mason Rudolph. Yes, sir. Number two, getting the start on Thursday out in Canton. Now, I know some people were surprised by that because of the reports from practice have been about how well Dwayne Haskins has played. Sure. And I know the conversation has been, even when we talked about it, has Dwayne surpassed Mason as the QB2? And we little, you know, we talked about it yesterday in terms of how we thought it was a little bit premature. And we talked also about with the different pairings of groupings, our O-lines, right? The one O-line versus the two O-line versus the one D-line and the two D-line and why certain things could be a little bit misconstrued a little bit and, and it was one of those things where you need to dive into the information just a little bit more to get a better understanding of the picture a better understanding of these two guys performances but hearing coach Thomas say that Mason will get the first crack at it in fact he's going to play the first two quarters I believe is what he said and then from there will be Mason or excuse me it'll be Dwayne Haskins and then finishing out the game Josh Dobbs mm, I like that Motsi and you know what that's I mean that is not surprising to anybody, I don't think. I guess with all the – and I'll, I'll say they are correct. People – this is not um, manufactured. People aren't blowing smoke. But with all the reports, right, of, of Dwayne Haskins getting off to a good start here in the first few days or so of camp being true, maybe some people expected um, that it's going to be Dwayne. It's going to be Dwayne. But as you and I have discussed – Mason is the guy who is almost starting on the front foot here, right? Just in the sense of he's been with the team longer. He's, no, he's been with his teammates longer. He knows the offense more. Even though it is going to be a new offense under Matt Canada, he's still more familiar with what's going on here. He obviously had a year to work with Matt Canada last year. If there's people out there, I think that are going to go both ways with this, Arthur Motes, honestly. I think there's going to be the people that are going to say, well, I mean, Dwayne Haskins must not really be having that good a camp because if he was, he'd be starting on Thursday. Well, that mm -hmm. must be Lila. There goes the media again just drumming up stories that aren't really there. <laughs> or people are going to take it the other way, and they're going to say, Mason Rudolph here, oh, my goodness, well, he's clearly that much better. They need to trade him to the Colts if he's got a real – if he need to play good on Thursday and trade him to the Colts. Folks, no matter what would have transpired here in the last week, this was always going to be the case, mm -hmm. right? It was always going to be Mason. They probably told the guys this last week when they reported to training camp. Hey, for our first Hall of Fame game, Mason's going to get about this much time, Dwayne's going to get about this much time, and Josh is going to get about this much time. So I wouldn't look into it too much. This was expected. It means absolutely nothing. Mason, he hasn't been, but Mason Rudolph could have been an absolute – I'm going hypothetical here <laughs> – could have been an absolute disaster out here at camp for the past week. And, and Dwayne Haskins could have looked like the second coming of Ben Roethlisberger, and it would probably still be Mason getting the start on Thursday. That's just how they delegate things this time of year. I, I wouldn't run with it too crazy narrative one way or another out there, Steelers Nation. Yeah, that's correct, man. Um, things like this happen, and – Honestly, it's probably going to flip every game, realistically. You'll probably so. have Mason start this game, you Haskins next game, You want to give those guys a chance Mason to prepare game. for a start. Well, and not just preparing for a start. So remember when we talked yesterday, and I said with Mason, some of the reasons why he struggled in terms of downfield throwing has been just an overall lack of time because he hasn't been behind a complete offensive line going against our top defensive unit now granted tj hasn't been out there for some of the team portion stuff but as a whole we know what our d-line is we know what this defense is Correct. compared to the offensive line so at times 
it's hard to evaluate Mason when you have three and four D linemen in his face and he's trying to throw the ball. Whereas with Haskins, he's had a little bit more time. Now, that's a part of the story, not the full story, as we've sure. said before, because Haskins has been playing well, playing at a high level in camp. But when we're talking about evaluating these guys, you have to mix it up. You want to see Mason when he's with Deontay Johnson and Claypool. You also want to see Mason when he's with James Washington and Rico Bussey. Absolutely. You want to see Haskins with Juju. You want to see Haskins with Pat. But you also want to see Haskins with a guy like, I don't know, let, let, let's say uh, Anthony McFarlane is his running back instead of Najee. Sure. Because those are going to present different challenges and different opportunities, different ways that certain people have to step up. Absolutely. And certain times where you have to take more of a B role. But we're not going to be able to see that if these guys with the same exact group every time. The reason why you don't have to do that with a guy like Ben Roethlisberger is because we've seen Ben in numerous situations sure. with various roster combinations, and he's still been the constant performer that he is. Whereas with Mason and Haskins, we're trying to see, can you be that for us? Right. Because if you are, we call those guys franchise quarterbacks, and you get hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> so if you can do that, well, it will be a great day for you not only – on the field, but in your pockets. Yeah, absolutely. You, you want to put those guys into different scenarios and, and just see how they respond, see how they're able to gel, see what they're able to do. And, and that is, again, that's part of the planned delegated process across these four preseason games. It's not like Mike Tomlin and company rocked up here to Heinz Field this morning. The coaching staff was sitting there, all right, well, what do you think we should do? Mm -hmm. uh, you want to go with Mason? You want to go with Dwayne? Again, they, they have had this planned for, for at least a week by now at this point. Here's how we're going to do it for game one. And then after that, we'll tell you how we're going to do it for game two. And we'll practice and we'll prepare like that accordingly. But it is, obviously, it's it's still a, a newsworthy newsworthy announcement that it will be Mason Rudolph. Yes. And that, you know, certain, don't expect to see certain veterans to play. Yeah, but like I said, man, I'm excited about it. And we'll dive into that a lot more when we come back at the, you know, 120 segment. We got the man Brian Batco joining us. Oh, that knucklehead. Always a blast. Also, for the most complete selection of Steelers merchandise from official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to our extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels visit one of the official Steelers Pro Shop stores located at Heinz Field, Grove City Premium Outlets or Tanger Outlets or simply visit us online at shop.steelers.com for all your Steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. This is Motsen Euler on SNR. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR. Ha <laughs> ha, Wolf here. If you want to party like it's 1999, try the new stuffed crust pizza from Caliente Pizza and Draft House for just 19.99. Up. Well, at Easy Home Exteriors, we believe that's not good enough. When you invite us into your home or business to do a job, we believe in showing up and getting it done. Servicing all of Western Pennsylvania, we do windows, roofing, doors, siding, and more. No job is too big or too small. And we guarantee fair, honest pricing the first time, every time. Go to EasyDidIt.com to learn more. Easy is the one that gets it done. You're listening to Steelers Nation Radio, SNR, WDVE HD2, Pittsburgh. Euler and Motes back to finish up this first hour on SNR, live at Hinesville, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. For another open practice with your Pittsburgh Steelers. Beautiful scene out here, too, man, as the fans have officially showed up again. filed in 
on a Tuesday, or excuse me, a Wednesday. You Close. know, all these no, days. Today is Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. You were I was right, right the first time. Right the That's like, remember Why when you were, corrected, too? Remember, you was going to let me. Remember, yeah, I mean, I had it right, and you corrected it and made me correct it. Remember when you were a like, kid, on, you know, and you're like about to take a <laughs> test, and your teachers would always tell you, like, if you're not sure, if it's between two things, mm -hmm. go, with your go with your gut reaction. Yeah. Don't second guess yourself. And, and you, you, and you know what happened? You were like that student that's sitting next to me in class trying to give me the answer and gave me the wrong answer. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, Golly. Don't you put that on me, Rick. Come Bobby. on, man. I'm putting it on you all day, man. It's your fault. <laughs> but back out here, Hinesville, man. And I love this part right here, man. Pre-practice is going on. It's getting right. It's getting here, man. Or excuse me, I said pre-practice. Technically, it – their schedule has been a little bit weird today, though. Have we seen that? It has, right? yes. It definitely has been because technically this is the pre-practice portion, even though time-wise they would already be involved right. in, you know, right. midway through practice and, right and now. And this so is probably different. all because, again, right, because yes. there's a game on Thursday, so things are going to be a little different here yes. in, the, in the meantime. And we're also seeing a little bit more of that too, man. I think with, like, the walkthroughs and some of the people that are out there with the different groupings, it's reflective of – a game preparation, yes. which is good. This is, yes. you know, usually, like I said with Coach Tomlin, and we talked about this before, usually he waits to do this. But I do think that he's trying to do this because of some of the younger guys that are going to be out there in that opening game, just to give them their chance to put their best foot forward. Yes. Because we are going to have a lot of younger people, a lot of new starters, a lot of guys that don't have a lot of NFL experience, and you want to make sure that they are as prepared as possible going forward. 100%. And, and you know what, too? It's, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but it's, I would think it's easier for Mike Tomlin to do that in what has been a normal offseason. Yes, absolutely. Right? Because last year you don't get rookie minicamp, you don't get OTAs, you don't get minicamp, and even training camp was, was shrunk. It was shorter than it usually was. With no preseason With games. With no preseason games either. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit easier, Arthur Motes, to, to be more relaxed in early August when you still know you got all this time and you had all this preparation already as opposed to last year where it felt like as soon as you got that green light, you had to go, 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 go. Very true. Very true. And I think that that's also why Coach Tomlin has been calm about the O-line situation and how even with some of those guys not necessarily being available throughout the earlier practices that have taken place, why he hasn't pulled the panic button or pushed the panic button yeah. and made roster moves. He even spoke on the offensive line yesterday when he was talking about guys like Zach Banner, Trey Turner, B.J. Finney, and J.C. Hassanow, who all practiced yesterday, and how that was the first time all of those guys had been there. Now, granted, he even said it himself that it still wasn't to the extent that he would have liked in terms of the amount of reps, but he was very positive in terms of their performance in short yardage and goal line. And to me, that stands out because those are two areas last year where we struggled drastically especially in terms of winning the line of scrimmage. Buddy, you ain't so lying. when I think of those guys starting to get back healthy, when I think of Coach Tomlin saying that about those, you know, those guys and in those particular parts of practice, to me that does give me a little bit more confidence and puts me a little bit more at ease with that group. Yeah, I agree, and especially when it, it's coming from Coach T, right? Because it's one thing if you're hearing it from somebody else, position coach, maybe a fellow teammate. I mean, but you guys know this. Mike Tomlin in these settings, like, he he doesn't hold any back, any punches, right? Like, he, he spares no expense 
if he thinks somebody's playing well, he's going to tell you he thinks somebody's playing well. If he thinks someone's not playing well, he's not going to come out there and sing their praises just to, you know, to maybe pump up their tires or whatever. Mike Tomlin is a, a very straight shooter in these types of uh, settings. And so I, I, I certainly kind of – when I hear that from him, I believe him. I don't think he's just blowing smoke. No, man, and, and when we talk about Coach Tomlin, he's a realist, and that's what you he's want He's very as a pragmatic, player. yeah. Right, you don't want a person that's going to blow smoke up you. You don't want a person that's going to lie to you either. If my performance is below the line, tell me. I don't care about my feelings being hurt. Absolutely. I care about you respecting me enough and caring about me enough as a professional to give me my fair opportunity to improve upon what I'm struggling with. Absolutely. If you never critique the players, if you never, in terms of Coach Tomlin, tell a player when he's doing something that's not acceptable, not good, well, how do you ever expect them to change that action? If a person isn't setting the edge in a run game the way that you want them to do it, but you never let them know that they're not doing that, why would they ever change that? Why would they ever do anything yeah. differently? So I think that that is something that I know me personally, I always value with Coach Tomlin because that's something that you don't always get with other organizations. But with Coach Tomlin, because of that, that is also why the players buy into what he's telling them. Absolutely. Because they know that trust is there, because they know that he's going to tell them the truth, regardless of how it's going to make them feel. And he's seen, or sorry, I should say, they've seen firsthand how – when when that when those instructions right when that uh, constructive criticism is given, and players respond to it and they take it, you can see how it works out for them, right? You, you've seen the guys that have come here and improved under Mike Tomlin. You've seen the guys that have come here, uh, both already tenured in their NFL career and have gone to a, even another level. You've seen the guys who have come in as, as rookies, um, as young guys, no matter what their pedigree is. If it's T.J. Watt, a first-round guy, if it's Mike Hilton, an undrafted guy, you've seen all those those skill sets, all that improvement, all that development. H how can you, you not trust a coach with that track record? No question, man. But speaking of another coach that – we're going to see if he has that same level of track record, but he is already doing things that are drastically different as Matt Canada. Oh. And more importantly, his approach to this offense and the usage of a guy like Derek White, who we were talking about with Brian Batco. What are your thoughts on Derek? I mean, should he get more opportunities in this offense? <laughs> has he earned that? Do you think that that's the best thing going forward, or do you want to see it be a little bit more of the pass-happy attack that we've become more accustomed to lately in Pittsburgh? Now, that's a heavy question there, Arthur Moe. Well, you know, I only bring the heavy, hard-hitting questions on Tuesdays. Uh, we we have seen Derek Watt do some impressive things out here through, I told him he had through a, a week. He had a one-hand behind-the-back blindfold catch where he was <laughs> in between, <laughs> between three defenders and got two feet down on the sideline. Yeah, and I heard there was a quicksand and, and sharks waiting for him on the other side of the sideline as well, too. With yeah. laser beams attached to their head. <laughs> yeah, easy yep. there, Dr. <laughs> Evil. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, Derek Watt has – he's popped here in these settings. I mean, he, he really has. Like, as, as much as we're joking a little bit, he has made some very impressive plays out here. And as Motsi always says, it hasn't just been on one day. It's not mm -hmm. like it's just been one practice where he wowed us. Or one set of a period. And, and then he's he, been he, and then he's yeah. been quiet. He, he only makes plays in seven shots. Ah, he, he, he has been making plays every day, and he's been doing it in different settings out here. Here's where I always come down on this, though, Motsi. Uh, whether it's, uh, what do you want to see them do with it? What should they do with Andrew Farland? What should they do with Derek Watt? Do you want more fullback? Do you want more two running back sets? Do you want an H-back? Do you want 12 personnel, right? right. I want whatever they whatever they allows them to move the ball the most down the field, right? And, and, and this is Pittsburgh, and particularly in a year like last year where the run game 
let's face it, was not working. I mean, they were last in the NFL. We don't have to dance around that fact that the run game did not work last year. It's not like they were 15th or 16th right in the middle, and we kind of, eh, well, you know. No, it, it, they were dead last. When you have a year like that, especially in a town like Pittsburgh, everyone was fullback, 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 right? It used to be the same thing with Rosie Nix. Anytime the Steelers would struggle to run the ball, they'd get Rosie out there. He'd go get Rosie out there, break some face masks. But they would actually use him. But they, but they would and actually use would, him. And he would perform and ultimately got him a Pro Bowl. Motes, I, but here's where I'm going with all this. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if Derek Watt plays 75% of the offensive snaps or mm -hmm. if he plays 7% of the offensive snaps. The answer is whatever allows them to most effectively move the football. Well, I think if he could be part of that, great. If not, I don't want him pigeonholed in there just because. I understand that. I just think for me, man, that approach reminds me of last year's approach. Well, that's also true. That's a good point. And to me, to avoid the definition of insanity, something is going to have to change. That's a great point. And that is why I look to a guy like Derek White is, because he specifically is a change. Sure. Based on what we were trying to do last year. Is Matt Canada enough of a change, or does it have to That's be personnel be an as well, part. too? Absolutely, yeah. because we know schematically it's all a puzzle piece, right? It's only so many different things that we're going to do with this offense. We know you're either going to run the ball or it's still going to be just a pass, regardless of how much we want to window dress it. So when I think of that and I say to myself, okay, if personnel-wise up front, even with the positive reports that just came out, if we're not completely there, then we're going to have to rely that upon is, a Derek that, Watt. That is true. And that's what I'm trying that to get to because we can talk about these wide receiver sets, these two tight end sets, till the cows come home. We've heard Ebron talk about the mentality that needs to have, that they need to have in that room. But until we see that, it's not there. So that's why I'm asking myself, and I'm asking you, and ask the Steel Nation as well. Yeah. Man, what are your thoughts on Derek Watt? And this is what we're going to take to the Twitter poll here on the Twitter.com, at TheBody52. TheBody. And at Wesley Euler. The good hair. Let us know your thoughts on Derek Watt's usage. Do you want him to be more involved in the offense in 2021? Or do you think we don't need him more on the offense? Let us know on the Twitter.com, man, because that, to me, is the pressing thing right now. That's the, the thing that I'm really, yeah. you know, just interested to figure out. It's true. No, it, it, listen, he is just like just like Rosie Nix was. I, I got to think we'll get some feedback on this because this is something that people are passionate about. It feels like there's not much gray area here, right? It's either, yes, they need to use Derek Watt more, they use, need, need to use the fullback more, uh, they need to break some face masks and, and get it done, or it's, Nah, it's such an antiquated idea. That's not how you move the football in the NFL in 2021. Like, I don't think there's many people out there at Steeler Nation, Motsi, who are, like, sitting on the fence with this one. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is they, – they feel very passionate about this. Now, Tyler gets in first here. He says – he knows I'm going to hit a first touchdown prop bet on Derek Watt this season. Here we go. I'll tweet you guys the bet slip when I do. I took it every game last year. I am due. I will agree in the sense of Derek Watt is due to have more of a role in the red zone. Absolutely, yeah. I think, Motsi, in those short yarded situations like you discussed. But then again, I guess you could get into if, if, if that's the role and it's that clear cut and dry and obvious, then are you tipping your hand too much? Then are you getting back into the predictability thing? As long as it produces like how Rosie produced, it doesn't matter. Rosie was predictable when he went out there, but he was still going to be productive in the midst of it, and that was why you used him. But when we get back, we're going to dive into this conversation a little bit more, man, to hear from the Twitter.com, man, to see what that thought process is, along with what is going to determine a good preseason performance for Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. It's Motes and Euler on SNR. Black and gold football lives here. 
24-7. You're listening to SNR. From vintage sneakers to bacon-scented soap to water fountains for your pet, all can be had with a few simple clicks. Problem is, you never really know what you're going to get until they show up at your door. Introducing Ford Blue Advantage. It's used car buying that's built for you. Not only can you shop for used vehicles online, in person, or both, you can also test drive before you buy, so you know exactly what you're getting.